Alzheimer's disease is an irreversible, progressive brain disorder that slowly destroys memory and thinking skills, and, eventually, the ability to carry out the simplest tasks. In most people with Alzheimer's, symptoms first appear in their mid-60s. Estimates vary, but experts suggest that more than 5.5 million Americans, most of them age 65 or older, may have dementia caused by Alzheimer's. The disease is currently ranked as the sixth leading cause of death in the United States, but recent estimates indicate that the disorder may rank third, just behind heart disease and cancer, as a cause of death for older people. Alzheimer's is the most common cause of dementia among older adults. Dementia is the loss of cognitive functioning, thinking, remembering, and reasoning, and behavioral abilities to such an extent that it interferes with a person's daily life and activities. Dementia ranges in severity from the mildest stage, when it is just beginning to affect a person's functioning, to the most severe stage, when the person must depend completely on others for basic activities of daily living. The causes of dementia can vary, depending on the types of brain changes that may be taking place. Other dementias include Lewy body dementia, frontotemporal disorders, and vascular dementia. It is common for people to have mixed dementia a combination of two or more types of dementia. For example, some people have both Alzheimer's disease and vascular dementia. Alzheimer's disease is named after Dr. Alois Alzheimer. Solomon Carter Fuller, MD, was one of the first known black psychiatrists and worked alongside Dr. Alois Alzheimer. In 1906, Dr. Alzheimer noticed changes in the brain tissue of a woman who had died of an unusual mental illness. Her symptoms included memory loss, language problems, and unpredictable behavior. After she died, he examined her brain and found many abnormal clumps, now called amyloid plaques, and tangled bundles of fibers, now called neurofibra eri, or tau, tangles. These plaques and tangles in the brain are still considered some of the main features of Alzheimer's disease. Another feature is the loss of connections between nerve cells, neurons, in the brain. Neurons transmit messages between different parts of the brain, and from the brain to muscles and organs in the body. Healthy Brain versus Alzheimer's Scientists continue to unravel the complex brain changes involved in the onset and regression of Alzheimer's disease. It seems likely that changes in the brain may begin a decade or more before memory and other cognitive problems appear. During this preclinical stage of Alzheimer's disease, people seem to be symptom-free but toxic changes are taking place in the brain. Abnormal deposits of proteins form amyloid plaques and tau tangles throughout the brain. Once healthy neurons stop functioning, lose connections with other neurons, and die. Many other complex brain changes are thought to play a role in Alzheimer's, too. The damage initially appears to take place in the hippocampus and the intraorhinal cortex, parts of the brain essential in forming memories. As more neurons die, additional parts of the brain are affected and begin to shrink. By the final stage of Alzheimer's, damage is widespread, and brain tissue has shrunk significantly. The peanut butter test is a diagnostic test which aims to detect Alzheimer's disease by measuring subjects' ability to smell peanut butter through each nostril. The original study, published in the Journal of the Neurological Sciences in October 2013, involves measuring the ability of people to smell peanut butter held close to their nose. 
The researchers believe that people with Alzheimer's were not able to smell the peanut butter as well through their left nostril as their right one. The lead author of the 2013 article, Jennifer J. Stamps, had concluded, from her own research, that the sense of smell is dependent upon the olfactory nerve, and also noted that this nerve is one of the first things to be affected by cognitive decline. Likewise, the front part of the temporal lobe has not only been implicated in olfaction, but is also known to be one of the first areas of the brain to degenerate due to Alzheimer's. The researchers also expected the difference to be in the left nostril because in Alzheimer's, the left side of the brain is usually affected first, and because the sense of olfaction is ipsilateral that is, the side of the body that picks up the odor is the same as the side of the brain that processes it. Stamps cautioned that they can currently only use the test to confirm already established diagnoses, but added that we plan to study patients with mild cognitive impairment to see if this test might be used to predict which patients are going to get Alzheimer's disease. NPR also reported that the study, at 94 patients, was too small to be conclusive. In 2012, a systematic review had found that while there may be an association between decreased olfaction and AD, rigorously designed longitudinal cohort studies are necessary to clarify the value of olfactory identification testing in predicting the onset of AD memory problems are typically one of the first signs of cognitive impairment related to Alzheimer's disease. Some people with memory problems have a condition called mild cognitive impairment, MCI. In MCI people have more memory problems than normal for their age, but their symptoms do not interfere with their everyday lives. Movement difficulties and problems with the sense of smell have also been linked to MCI. Older people with MCI are at greater risk for developing Alzheimer's, but not all of them do. Some may even go back to normal cognition. The first symptoms of Alzheimer's vary from person to person. For many, Decline in non-memory aspects of cognition, such as word-finding, vision, spatial issues, and impaired reasoning or judgment, may signal the very early stages of Alzheimer's disease. Researchers are studying biomarkers, biological signs of disease found in brain images, cerebrospinal fluid, and blood, to detect early changes in the brains of people with MCI and incognitively normal people who may be at greater risk for Alzheimer's. Studies indicate that such early detection is possible, but more research is needed before these techniques can be used routinely to diagnose Alzheimer's disease in everyday medical practice. Mild Alzheimer's Disease As Alzheimer's disease progresses, people experience greater memory loss and other cognitive difficulties. Problems can include wandering and getting lost, trouble handling money and paying bills, repeating questions, taking longer to complete normal daily tasks, and personality and behavior changes. People are often diagnosed in this stage. Moderate Alzheimer's Disease In this stage, damage occurs in areas of the brain that control language, reasoning, sensory processing, and conscious thought. Memory loss and confusion grow worse, and people begin to have problems recognizing family and friends. They may be unable to learn new things carry out multi-step tasks such as getting dressed, or cope with new situations. In addition, people at this stage may have hallucinations, delusions, and paranoia and may behave impulsively. Severe Alzheimer's Disease Ultimately, plaques and tangles spread throughout the brain, and brain tissue shrinks significantly. 
People with severe Alzheimer's cannot communicate and are completely dependent on others for their care. Near the end, the person may be in bed most or all of the time as the body shuts down. Scientists don't yet fully understand what causes Alzheimer's disease in most people. In people with early onset Alzheimer's, a genetic mutation may be the cause. Late onset Alzheimer's arises from a complex series of brain changes that occur over decades. The causes probably include a combination of genetic, environmental, and lifestyle factors. The importance of any one of these factors in increasing or decreasing the risk of developing Alzheimer's may differ from person to person. Alzheimer's disease is a type of brain disease, just as coronary artery disease is a type of heart disease. It is also a degenerative disease, meaning that it becomes worse with time. Alzheimer's disease is thought to begin 20 years or more before symptoms arise, with small changes in the brain that are unnoticeable to the person affected. Only after years of brain changes do individuals experience noticeable symptoms, such as memory loss and language problems. Symptoms occur because nerve cells, neurons, in parts of the brain involved in thinking, learning and memory, cognitive function, have been damaged or destroyed. Individuals typically live with Alzheimer's symptoms for years. Over time, symptoms tend to increase and start interfering with individuals' ability to perform everyday activities. At this point, the individual is said to have dementia due to Alzheimer's disease, or Alzheimer's dementia. As the disease progresses, neurons in other parts of the brain are damaged or destroyed. Activities that used to be core to the individual's identity, such as planning family events or participating in sports, may no longer be possible. Eventually, neurons in parts of the brain that enable a person to carry out basic bodily functions, such as walking and swallowing, are affected. People in the final stages of Alzheimer's disease are bed-bound and require round-the-clock care. Alzheimer's disease is ultimately fatal. A healthy adult brain has about 100 billion neurons, each with long, branching extensions. These extensions enable individual neurons to form connections with other neurons. At such connections, called synapses, Information flows in tiny bursts of chemicals that are released by one neuron and detected by a receiving neuron. The brain contains about 100 trillion synapses. They allow signals to travel rapidly through the brain's neuronal circuits, creating the cellular basis of memories, thoughts, sensations, emotions, movements and skills. The accumulation of the protein fragment beta amyloid, called beta amyloid plaques outside neurons and the accumulation of an abnormal form of the protein tau, called tau tangles, inside neurons are two of several brain changes associated with Alzheimer's. Beta amyloid plaques may contribute to cell death by interfering with neuron-to-neuron -neuron communication at synapses, while tau tangles block the transport of nutrients and other essential molecules inside neurons. As the amount of beta amyloid increases, a tipping point is reached at which abnormal tau spreads throughout the brain. Other brain changes include inflammation and atrophy. The presence of toxic beta amyloid and tau proteins activates immune system cells in the brain called microglia. Microglia try to clear the toxic proteins as well as widespread debris from dead and dying cells. Chronic inflammation is believed to set in when the microglia can't keep up with all that needs to be cleared. Atrophy, or shrinkage of the brain occurs because of cell loss. 
normal brain function is further compromised by the decreased ability of the brain to metabolize glucose, its main fuel. A recent study of people with rare genetic mutations that cause Alzheimer's found that levels of beta amyloid in the brain were significantly increased starting 22 years before symptoms were expected to develop. Individuals with these genetic mutations usually develop symptoms at the same, or nearly the same, age as their parent with Alzheimer's. Glucose metabolism began to decrease 18 years before expected symptom onset, and brain atrophy began 13 years before expected symptom onset. When the early changes of Alzheimer's occur, the brain initially compensates for them, enabling individuals to continue to function normally. As the damage to nerve cells continues, the brain can no longer compensate for the changes, and individuals show subtle decline in cognitive function. As time passes, plaques and tangles appear not only in areas of the brain involved in cognitive function, but also in other areas of the brain. Later, damage to nerve cells is so significant that individuals show obvious cognitive decline, including symptoms such as memory loss or confusion as to time or place as well as behavioral symptoms such as depression, personality changes and loss of interest in activities they used to enjoy. Later still, basic bodily functions such as swallowing are impaired. Scientists are conducting studies to learn more about plaques, tangles, and other biological features of Alzheimer's disease. Advances in brain imaging techniques allow researchers to see the development and spread of abnormal amyloid and tau proteins in the living brain as well as changes in brain structure and function. Scientists are also exploring the very earliest steps in the disease process by studying changes in the brain and body fluids that can be detected years before Alzheimer's symptoms appear. Findings from these studies will help in understanding the causes of Alzheimer's and make diagnosis easier. One of the great mysteries of Alzheimer's disease is why it largely strikes older adults. Research on normal brain aging is exploring this question. For example, scientists are learning how age-related changes in the brain may harm neurons and affect other types of brain cells to contribute to Alzheimer's damage. These age-related changes include atrophy, shrinking, of certain parts of the brain, inflammation, vascular damage, production of unstable molecules called free radicals, and mitochondrial dysfunction a breakdown of energy production within a cell. Most people with Alzheimer's have the late-onset form of the disease, in which symptoms become apparent in their mid-60s. Researchers have not found a specific gene that directly causes late-onset Alzheimer's. However, having one form of the apolipoprotein-E (APOE) gene does increase a person's risk. This gene has several forms. One of them, APOE4 increases a person's risk of developing the disease and is also associated with an earlier age of disease onset. However, carrying the APOE4 form of the gene does not mean that a person will definitely develop Alzheimer's disease, and some people with no APOE4 may also develop the disease. Also, scientists have identified a number of regions of interest in the genome, an organism's complete set of DNA that may increase a person's risk for late-onset Alzheimer's to varying degrees. Early-onset Alzheimer's disease occurs between a person's 30s and mid-60s and represents less than 10% of all people with Alzheimer's. Some cases are caused by an inherited change in one of three genes, resulting in a type known as early-onset familial Alzheimer's disease, or FAD. 
For others, research suggests there may be a genetic component related to factors other than these three genes. Most people with Down syndrome develop Alzheimer's. This may be because people with Down syndrome have an extra copy of chromosome 21, which contains the gene that generates harmful amyloid. Research suggests that a host of factors beyond genetics may play a role in the development and course of Alzheimer's disease. There is a great deal of interest, for example, in the relationship between cognitive decline and vascular conditions such as heart disease, stroke, and high blood pressure, as well as metabolic conditions such as diabetes and obesity. Ongoing research will help us understand whether and how reducing risk factors for these conditions may also reduce the risk of Alzheimer's. A nutritious diet, physical activity, social engagement, and mentally stimulating pursuits have all been associated with helping people stay healthy as they age. These factors might also help reduce the risk of cognitive decline and Alzheimer's disease. Clinical trials are testing some of these possibilities. Doctors use several methods and tools to help determine whether a person who is having memory problems has possible Alzheimer's dementia, dementia may be due to another cause, or probable Alzheimer's dementia, no other cause for dementia can be found. To diagnose Alzheimer's, doctors may ask the person and a family member or friend questions about overall health, use of prescription and over-the-counter medicines, diet, past medical problems ability to carry out daily activities, and changes in behavior and personality. Conduct tests of memory, problem-solving, attention, counting, and language. Carry out standard medical tests, such as blood and urine tests, to identify other possible causes of the problem. Perform brain scans, such as computed tomography, CT, magnetic resonance imaging, MRI, or positron emission tomography. PT, to rule out other possible causes for symptoms. These tests may be repeated to give doctors information about how the person's memory and other cognitive functions are changing over time. Alzheimer's disease can be definitely diagnosed only after death, by linking clinical measures with an examination of brain tissue in an autopsy. People with memory and thinking concerns should talk to their doctor to find out whether their symptoms are due to Alzheimer's or another cause such as stroke, tumor, Parkinson's disease, sleep disturbances, side effects of medication, an infection, or a non-Alzheimer's dementia. Some of these conditions may be treatable and possibly reversible. If the diagnosis is Alzheimer's, beginning treatment early in the disease process may help preserve daily functioning for some time, even though the underlying disease process cannot be stopped or reversed. An early diagnosis also helps families plan for the future. They can take care of financial and legal matters, address potential safety issues, learn about living arrangements, and develop support networks. In addition, an early diagnosis gives people greater opportunities to participate in clinical trials that are testing possible new treatments for Alzheimer's disease or other research studies. Everybody those with Alzheimer's disease or MCI as well as healthy volunteers with or without a family history of Alzheimer's may be able to take part in clinical trials and studies. Participants in Alzheimer's clinical research help scientists learn how the brain changes in healthy aging and in Alzheimer's. Currently, at least 270,000 volunteers are needed to participate in about 200 active clinical trials and studies that are testing ways to understand, diagnose, treat, 
and prevent Alzheimer's disease. Volunteering for a clinical trial is one way to help in the fight against Alzheimer's disease. Studies need participants of different ages, sexes, races, and ethnicities to ensure that results are meaningful for many people. The National Institute on Aging, NIA, at the National Institutes of Health, NIH, leads the federal government's research efforts on Alzheimer's. NIA supported Alzheimer's disease research centers throughout the United States conduct a wide range of research, including studies of the causes, diagnosis, and management of Alzheimer's. NIA also sponsors the Alzheimer's Clinical Trials Consortium, which is designed to accelerate and expand studies and therapies in Alzheimer's and related dementias. To find out more about Alzheimer's clinical trials and studies, talk to your healthcare provider about local studies that may be right for you. Contact Alzheimer's Disease Research Centers or Memory or Neurology Clinics in your community. Search the NIA Clinical Trials Finder for a trial near you or to sign up for email alerts about new trials. Sign up for a registry, such as the Alzheimer's Prevention Registry, or matching service, such as Trial Match, to be invited to participate in studies. Learn more about participating in clinical trials. Watch videos of participants in Alzheimer's disease clinical trials talking about their experiences. Alzheimer's disease is complex, and it is unlikely that any one drug or other intervention can successfully treat it. Current approaches focus on helping people maintain mental function, manage behavioral symptoms, and slow down certain problems, such as memory loss. Researchers hope to develop therapies targeting specific genetic, molecular, and cellular mechanisms so that the actual underlying cause of the disease can be stopped or prevented. Several medications are approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, to treat symptoms of Alzheimer's. Donepazil, Aricept, Rivastigmine, Exelon, and Galantamine, Razadine, are used to treat mild to moderate Alzheimer's. Donepazil can be used for severe Alzheimer's as well. Mimantine, Namenda, the Exelon patch, and Nemzeric, a combination of Mimantine and Donepazil, are used to treat moderate to severe Alzheimer's. These drugs work by regulating neurotransmitters, the chemicals that transmit messages between neurons. They may help reduce symptoms and help with certain behavioral problems. However, these drugs don't change the underlying disease process. As the United States races to legalize marijuana, Alzheimer's and the hippocampus for medicinal and recreational use, a large-scale brain imaging study gives reason for caution. Published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease, Researchers using single photon emission computed tomography, SPECT, a sophisticated imaging study that evaluates blood flow and activity patterns, demonstrated abnormally low blood flow in virtually every area of the brain, in nearly 1,000 marijuana users compared to healthy controls. The marijuana users' low blood flow patterns included areas known to be affected by Alzheimer's pathology such as the hippocampus. They are effective for some but not all people and may help only for a limited time. Common behavioral symptoms of Alzheimer's include sleeplessness, wandering, agitation, anxiety, and aggression. Scientists are learning why these symptoms occur and are studying new treatments drug and non-drug to manage them. Research has shown that treating behavioral symptoms can make people with Alzheimer's more comfortable and makes things easier for caregivers. 
Alzheimer's research has developed to a point where scientists are exploring ways to delay or prevent the disease as well as treat its symptoms. In ongoing clinical trials supported by NIAN, scientists are developing and testing several possible interventions. Under study are drug therapies aimed at a variety of targets, including the beta-amyloid protein, cerebrovascular function, loss of synapses, and specific neurotransmitters, as well as non-drug interventions, such as physical activity, diet, cognitive training, and combinations of these approaches. Caring for a person with Alzheimer's disease can have high physical, emotional, and financial costs. The demands of day-to-day -day care, changes in family roles, and decisions about placement in a care facility can be difficult. There are several evidence-based approaches and programs that can help, and researchers are continuing to look for new and better ways to support caregivers. Becoming well-informed about the disease is one important long-term strategy. Programs that teach families about the various stages of Alzheimer's and about ways to deal with difficult behaviors and other caregiving challenges can help. Good coping skills, a strong support network, and respite care are other ways that help caregivers handle the stress of caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's disease. For example, staying physically active provides physical and emotional benefits. Some caregivers have found that joining a support group is a critical lifeline. These support groups allow caregivers to find respite, express concerns, share experiences, get tips, and receive emotional comfort. Many organizations sponsor in-person and online support groups, including groups for people with early-stage Alzheimer's and their families. This podcast describes the public health impact of Alzheimer's disease, AD, including incidence and prevalence, mortality and morbidity, use and costs of care and the overall impact on caregivers and society. The report examines the use of brief cognitive assessments by primary care physicians as a tool for improving early detection of dementia. An estimated 5.8 million Americans have Alzheimer's dementia. By mid-century, the number of people living with Alzheimer's dementia in the United States may grow to 13.8 million, fueled in large part by the aging baby boom generation. In 2017, Official death certificates recorded 121,404 deaths from AD, making AD the sixth leading cause of death in the United States and the fifth leading cause of death among Americans aged 65 years. Between 2000 and 2017, deaths resulting from stroke, heart disease, and prostate cancer decreased, whereas reported deaths from AD increased 145 percent. In 2018, more than 16 million family members and other unpaid caregivers provided an estimated 18.5 billion hours of care to people with Alzheimer's or other dementias. This care is valued at nearly $234 billion, but its costs extend to family caregivers' increased risk for emotional distress and negative mental and physical health outcomes. Average per person Medicare payments for services to beneficiaries age 65 years with Alzheimer's or other dementias are more than three times as great as payments for beneficiaries without these conditions. Total payments in 2019 for health care, long term care, and hospice services for people age 65 years with dementia are estimated to be $290 billion. Early detection of Alzheimer's offers numerous medical emotional and financial benefits benefits that accrue to affected individuals and their families as well as to society at large. 
Alzheimer's Association surveys regarding brief cognitive assessments for detection of dementia found that while a large majority of seniors and primary care physicians say the assessments are important, only half of seniors have received an assessment, and only 16% of seniors receive regular cognitive assessments. Many educational opportunities exist to facilitate increased use of brief cognitive assessments in the primary care setting. In 2019 Alzheimer's Disease Facts and Figures is a statistical resource for U.S. data related to Alzheimer's disease, the most common cause of dementia. Background and context for interpretation of the data are contained in the overview. Additional sections address prevalence, mortality and morbidity, caregiving and use and costs of health care, long-term care and hospice. A special report discusses Alzheimer's detection in the primary care setting. The long duration of illness before death contributes significantly to the public health impact of Alzheimer's disease because much of that time is spent in a state of disability and dependence. Scientists have developed methods to measure and compare the burden of different diseases on a population in a way that takes into account not only the number of people with the condition, but also the number of years of life lost due to that disease and the number of healthy years of life lost by virtue of being in a state of disability. The primary measure of disease burden is called disability-adjusted life years, dailies, which is the sum of the number of years of life lost due to premature mortality, YLLs, and the number of years lived with disability, YLDs, totaled across all those with a disease or injury. These measures indicate that Alzheimer's is a very burdensome disease, not only to the individuals with the disease, but also to their families and informal caregivers and that the burden of Alzheimer's has increased more dramatically in the United States than the burden of other diseases in recent years. According to the most recent Global Burden of Disease Classification System, Alzheimer's disease rose from the 12th most burdensome disease or injury in the United States in 1990 to the 6th in 2016 in terms of dailies. In 2016, Alzheimer's disease was the fourth highest disease or injury in terms of YLLs and the 19th in terms of YLDs. Taken together, these statistics indicate that not only is Alzheimer's disease responsible for the deaths of more and more Americans, but also that the disease is contributing to more and more cases of poor health and disability in the United States. Caregiving refers to attending to another person's health needs. Caregiving often includes assistance with one or more activities of daily living, ADLs, including bathing and dressing, as well as multiple instrumental activities of daily living, IADLs, such as paying bills, shopping and using transportation. Caregivers also provide emotional support to people with Alzheimer's as well as many other forms of help, communicating and coordinating care with other family members and health care providers, ensuring safety at home and elsewhere and managing health conditions. More than 16 million Americans provide unpaid care for people with Alzheimer's or other dementias. In addition to providing descriptive information, this section compares caregivers of people with dementia to other caregivers of people with other medical conditions, or if that comparison is not available, to non-caregivers. In addition to assisting with ADLs, more caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias advocate for these individuals with community agencies and care providers, 65%, and manage finances, 68%, compared with caregivers of people without dementia, 46% and 50%, respectively.
more caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias arrange for outside services, 46%, and communicate with healthcare professionals, 80%, compared with caregivers of people without dementia, 27% and 59%, respectively. Caregivers of people with dementia are more likely to coordinate health care for these individuals than caregivers of people without dementia, 86% versus 72%. One in five caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias, 22%, report problems dealing with a bank or credit union when helping to manage the finances of people living with dementia, compared with 9% of caregivers of people without dementia. Caring for a person with dementia also means managing symptoms that caregivers of people with other diseases may not face, such as neuropsychiatric symptoms, for example, anxiety, apathy and lack of inhibition, and severe behavioral problems. Family caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias are more likely than family caregivers of people without dementia to help with emotional or mental health problems, 41% versus 16% and behavioral issues, 15% versus 4%. When a person with Alzheimer's or another dementia moves to an assisted living residence or a nursing home, the help provided by his or her family caregiver usually changes from the comprehensive care to providing emotional support, interacting with facility staff and advocating for appropriate care. However, some family caregivers continue to help with bathing, dressing and other ADLs. 86% of dementia caregivers have provided care and assistance for at least the past year, according to the National 2014 Alzheimer's Association Women and Alzheimer's Poll. According to another study, well over half, 57%, of family caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias in the community had provided care for four or more years. More than 6 in 10, 63%, Alzheimer's caregivers expect to continue having care responsibilities for the next five years compared with less than half of caregivers of people without dementia, 49%. In 2018, the 16.2 million family and other unpaid caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias provided an estimated 18.5 billion hours of unpaid care. This number represents an average of 21.9 hours of care per caregiver per week or 1,139 hours of care per caregiver per year. With this care valued at $12.64 per hour, the estimated economic value of care provided by family and other unpaid caregivers of people with dementia across the United States was $233.9 billion in 2018. Total hours of unpaid care as well as the value of care provided by family and other unpaid caregivers for the United States and each state. Unpaid caregivers of people with Alzheimer's or other dementias provided care valued at more than $4 billion in each of 21 states. Unpaid caregivers in each of the four most populous states California, Florida, New York and Texas, provided care valued at more than $14 billion. A longitudinal study of the monetary value of family caregiving for people with dementia found that the overall value of daily family care increased 18% with each additional year of providing care, and that the value of this care increased as the people living with dementia's cognitive abilities declined. Additional research is needed to estimate the future value of family care for people with Alzheimer's disease and other dementias as the U.S. population continues to age.
By 2025 just seven years from now the number of people age 65 and older with Alzheimer's dementia is estimated to reach 7.1 million an increase of almost 29% from the 5.5 million age 65 and older affected in 2018. Barring the development of medical breakthroughs, the number of people age 65 and older with Alzheimer's dementia may nearly triple from 5.5 million to 13.8 million by 2050. Two-thirds of Americans over age 65 with Alzheimer's dementia, 3.4 million, are women. Every 65 seconds, someone in the U.S. develops Alzheimer's dementia. By mid-century, someone in the U.S. will develop the disease every 33 seconds. Alzheimer's is the sixth leading cause of death in the U.S., and it is the fifth leading cause of death for those age 65 and older. As the population of the U.S. ages, Alzheimer's is becoming a more common cause of death, and it is the only top 10 cause of death that cannot be prevented, cured or even slowed. Total national cost of caring for those with Alzheimer's and other dementias is estimated at $277 billion not including unpaid caregiving, in 2018, of which $186 billion is the cost to Medicare and Medicaid, out-of-pocket costs represent $60 billion of the total payments, while other costs total $30 billion. Total payments for health care, long-term care and hospice care for people with Alzheimer's and other dementias are projected to increase to more than $1.1 trillion in 2050. In 2018 dollars. In 2017, the lifetime cost of care for a person living with dementia was $341,840 with 70% of this cost borne by families directly through out-of-pocket costs and the value of unpaid care. Nearly half of all caregivers, 48%, who provide help to older adults do so for someone with Alzheimer's or another dementia. Approximately two-thirds of caregivers are women and one-third of dementia caregivers are daughters. 41% of caregivers have a household income of $50,000 or less. It is estimated that the U.S. has approximately half the number of certified geriatricians that it currently needs, and only 9% of nurse practitioners report having special expertise in gerontological care. Alzheimer's Disease Market Overview, Growth Demand and Trends Forecast Report Till 2025 The global economic impact growth of IAT by the end of 2025 is estimated to be around $12.5 trillion with more than 100 billion connected diet devices according to Zekel Healthcare. Developments worldwide expand the market for diagnosing, treating and monitoring neurodegenerative disorders. Developed and developing national markets hold high potential till 2025. IAT is expected to offer advanced connectivity of devices, systems, and services that goes beyond machine-to-machine, M2M, communications and covers a variety of protocols, domains, and applications. The interconnection of these embedded devices, including smart objects, is expected to usher in automation in nearly all fields, while also enabling advanced applications like a smart grid and expanding to the areas such as smart cities. Innovation for Alzheimer's disease and dementia which looked at ways to harness developments in life sciences and information technologies to accelerate innovation in the prevention and treatment of the disease. White Paper reports on the opportunities offered by the informatics revolution and big data.
no one nation has all the assets to pursue this type of research independently. This huge challenge, the OECD held a consultation on unlocking global collaboration to accelerate innovation for Alzheimer's disease and dementia which looked at ways to harness developments in life sciences and information technologies to accelerate innovation in the prevention and treatment of the disease. The Alzheimer's disease market is further segmented by geographical region as North America which includes the USA and Canada, Latin American countries such as Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, European countries such as the UK, France, Germany, Italy, Asia-Pacific countries such as Japan, China, India and Australia and from Middle East and Africa countries are Saudi Arabia, UAE, Qatar and South Africa. The economic and social impact of chronic brain disorders, CBD, such as Alzheimer's disease, ID, and other neurodegenerative diseases will become the number one public health problem worldwide, directly affecting 100 million people by 2050. Ongoing demographic trends, namely aging populations worldwide, are leading to the unprecedented expansion of consumer demand for healthcare services. Healthcare systems worldwide soon will confront a serious crisis as a result of significant growth of the healthcare market. More than 35 million people worldwide had dementia in 2010, when annual costs were estimated at 604 billion US dollars. The number of people with dementia is expected to exceed 115 million by 2050. Alzheimer's disease is today considered the prototype problem for the grand global challenge in healthcare. Despite decades of intensive research, the causal chain of mechanisms behind Alzheimer's has remained elusive as reflected in recent failures of well-designed clinical trials on promising investigational new drugs. The multifactorial nature of the disease requires the collection, storage and processing of increasingly large and very heterogeneous datasets behavioral, genetic, environmental, epigenetic, clinical data, brain imaging. These advancements will have a big impact on our ability to recognize and develop effective treatments for brain diseases seen in older persons.